Welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Creasel. I work as Director of Innovation and Instructional Support in Fullerton School District, and every week we sit down and get to know a teacher better. My goal is to learn what drives and guides teachers, especially when venturing into that risky territory of trying something new. Join me. Today on the Teacher Interview Podcast, we spend time with Amy Sylvester. She teaches at Golden Hill Elementary in Fullerton. All right, so we're going to talk for about 20 minutes or so. And the topic is just the idea of taking risks, innovation, trying new things. And to start off with, I was wondering if you could just tell me a little bit about you and your journey into teaching. Like, how did you get started? How did I get here? Um, Well, I started teaching about 20 years ago, but it wasn't my first career. But I thought it should have been my first career. So I was that kid in first grade that would race home and set all my stuffed animals out and teach them whatever I learned that day. I was that dorky little kid. Um, And then I progressed through high school and whatnot, and uh, I happened to be good in math and science and other things, and I ran into a counselor that I really feel did not like her job, probably. (laughs) So she told me, like, why would you want to be a teacher? You're wow. so good at math and science. You should be an engineer. Well, just because you're good at something doesn't mean it's a passion for you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so I started out in engineering. I didn't last long. Long story short, I wound up getting a degree in environmental design. Like the words of don't be a teacher were in my head. <laughs> um, then I wound up moving to California. I got involved in the hotel industry, did all sorts of stuff with that. Uh, an opportunity came up where the hotel I was with was sold and I had that moment of saying, you know what, I always wanted to be a teacher, I'm going to go back and get my credential. That's cool. And so that's what I did. That's cool. And at long last, you know, I don't have to teach stuffed animals anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I can teach real people. Real people. That's cool. Um, So we, we interviewed three people ahead of time, so... Alex, your daughter. My daughter. Matthew, mm-hmm. your son. son. And Laura Lynn Eschner. Yeah, so I'm going to start with Matthew because one of the questions we asked was, as a, as a bonus, is there anything that we should know about to ask? Um, and he said, you know what? My mom used to work in the hospitality hotel industry. Um, uh, industry and he's like I don't know the answer to this but I wonder what she would say if you asked her what relation that had or what impact that had on your teaching so what do you think about that question oh, that's a really that's interesting um, I think you know based on the story I just told you that me wanting to be a teacher had an impact on when I was a general manager of a hotel because I'm gonna tell you our break room had the best bulletin boards <laughs> out of any break room Oh, my God. Um, I th- <laughs> truly, it was like this frustrated side of me. Um, I think one of the things, though, is that when you're in the hospitality industry, you have to think on your feet all the time. Like, no day is ever the same. And when you think about it, like, teaching is kind of the same deal. Right. No year is the same. No day is the same. Hopefully. I mean, yeah. if it is, that's that's kind of sad. So I think, <laughs> you know, I think that that's part of it is that... 
to be in the hospitality industry and I worked my way up from being, you know, I was a bartender and a server to being, you know, general manager of a hotel and a regional vice president and whatnot. And um, I like how you just say, and whatnot, you know, <laughs> regional vice president and, and you know, yeah. all those other things. It was just, yeah, it was, you know, <laughs> anyway, I did, yeah, I think, I think it's Are one of Are you bashful about that? You no, worked your way up. I did. Like significantly. Yeah, I yeah. did. It was. And one of the things, Matthew, he he was trying to express like, like you were in charge of all these kind of big events, right? So yeah. what kind of events? Um, gosh, well, I would work a lot of trade shows. And so a lot of times we would have like vendor events where we would invite our clients to come. And so that would be going into a city and trying to figure out like, well, where am I going to take them? You know, mm. not McDonald's. Right. So and trying to work with that. And then initially, well not initially, but for a large part of my time I was a catering director and a director of sales and so that's where people would come to me and say, we have $10,000 and this is what we want to do. <laughs> like, all right, Ooh. I'll spend your money. Yeah. So it, they varied from, you know, just your regular banquets to setting up complete trade shows to yeah. galleries. We did some gallery things so, yeah. and weddings and I Can you connect those events to teaching? Um, I think what I can do is connect it like I'm to some of the things I do outside of my teaching day. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Arts Fest at Golden Hill. Yeah. That's that's my wheelhouse. Tell tell us about that in case people don't know. So, Arts Fest is this awesome, awesome thing where um, it's a full day devoted to kids de just exploring the arts. And so, we set out all sorts of tables with different stations for them to visit. And they just get to sit and explore and find out like what it's like to sit behind an easel and try to draw a still life or what it's like to try to use That's cardboard cool. and make sculptures or to do a puppet theater. Yeah. Um, and so it winds up being about 25 different stations. So that involves making sure you have the tables and the tablecloths and the materials and I, I people to man it. <laughs> yeah, so That's cool. So I'm going to jump to uh, something Laura Lynn said, um, and she said, um, I said, what's the, like, the bonus question? What would you want me to know? And she, she literally said, you live and breathe the arts. So tell me about that. Why would somebody say that? Like, you, you're doing this outside the classroom, but just expand on what is that, what does that sentence mean to you? Um, I do live and breathe the arts. It's, it's just who I am. Like, I look, I, I didn't realize that I look at things differently until I took one of those like personality tests in a cohort when I was getting my master's. And I kept answering the question saying, that's what everybody thinks. That's how everybody sees right. Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> it was really shocking to me that, you know, I am like this 1% of a person that just, you know, and that doesn't make me better than people or anything, just different. So that. Different. I look at everything through a lens of yeah. either it's a story to me or I see a painting or it's, you know, music make me, makes me see colors. Um, yeah. So I go to a lot of concerts. I go to a lot of plays, art galleries. That's how I, that's how I relax is yeah. to be able to do something like that. That's great. Let's go back to that sense where you say, so I'm the 1%. So how do you then work with colleagues? who are, you know, seeing things differently than you and ha describe the kind of professional relationship, how do you manage that when you're uh, very kind of uniquely focused and maybe they aren't, but you know, what's that like? So it is challenging, I am gonna <laughs> say that and unfortunately people won't see, but I know that I'm this person where there's just this 
chaotic whirlwind around me and in my head <laughs> and whatnot. And I know that there's some people that they are the parallel line person. Mm. And I know that I have to really try to focus <laughs> and work with that. Um, fortunately, for example, the two people I work with, they, they are very similar that way, maybe not quite as much. And so they understand that I'm going to come at them in the morning and go, oh my gosh, I just had this idea. And I think we should try this. And both Matt and Sean are like, oh yeah, and then we could do this, and let's go ahead and do that. And so um, I'm so fortunate to work with them. Yeah. Um, and the people that I know are vastly different. I love working with, I think that's what makes the world go round. And I think that our kids need to have teachers that are all sorts of different types of teachers so that they get to experience that and have people that are like, oh, you're just like me. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. Um, so you just find a path and you find something that you have in common with yeah. them. Oh, that's a good, I was just gonna ask for a strategy. Um, can you think of a time where you were trying to navigate something and you were able to find common ground or how would you help somebody else do that? Like so I think, you know, fortunately like being at Golden Hill and with us having a focus on the arts, a lot of times that can be the common ground. Mm. That there's something either that they can help me with or I can help them or that we are bouncing an idea off because we're working together and you know, working um, with Arts Fest is a good example or doing the play is a really good example because if it was only me and my, you know, whirlwind of yarn and color and everything, it might not be as successful. So you mm -hmm. need other people that can say, did you think that maybe we might need to do ABC? Right. And I hadn't yet. I probably would have got there, but it might have been that then I'm like the day before going, oh my gosh, I forgot to order chairs or <laughs> whatever it might be. So it's good to have it's good to have all those types. Yeah, and that actually coincides with the rest of what Laura Lynn said. Um, she she did mention that you go to a lot of concerts, um, and she also talked about being a team player. So she said um, that you would do anything you could to help other people. Um, and she mentioned developing the strategic plan for the arts at Golden Hill. That was like a specific mm -hmm. time when she saw that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's neat. So yeah, we've been working really hard to develop that and trying to make it so that it's also not overwhelming. Not overwhelming for mm. a new teacher that walks onto our campus and looks at this and says, hey, I'm not an artist. What am, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. Um, because you know, that's that that would be horrible. Like yeah. to be a new teacher and realize like, gosh, I don't belong here, but really anybody can be at our school and teach the arts and have oh, fun with good. it. Yeah. That's really cool. All right, so I'm gonna um, choose another quote. Looking for Okay. So it's interesting too. Two people, I think it was both your, um, so yeah, Laurelyn and Alex both talked about during a play when you're in the back, and they talked about that moment where you're, um, Laurelyn called, she used this phrase about um, being, um, you're completely engaged with the kids, and you're like supportive, but subtle, like you're not the star of the show, but you're I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know that I've seen that, but how would you describe that moment? And that also is, like Alex, your daughter said, um, 
talking about um, being in the back and watching you. Like there's the MacBook, and you're just directing the backstage crew from your MacBook. And um, she talked about the dimly lit table at the back. Um, so what's your what's your recollection of those moments? Um. Those are kind of the favorite moment. Well, I love directing the play. It's a, definitely a labor of love, and you know, or, or else I wouldn't do it, I guess. <laughs> and um, sitting at the back, by that time, there's nothing else I can do because they're on the stage, <laughs> and so you they're just, you know, except own. for you know, say a prayer and cross your <laughs> fingers and hope for the best. And so, um, at that point, I'm more like the proud mom, I think, mm -hmm. you know, that I'm just to see everything and see them all being their best and just thinking back to like what they were like, even when mm -hmm. they auditioned. Um, because every year, and last year was such a great example of that, but every year we have one or two kids who are like, mm -hmm, I don't know if I want to do it. I just want to be on the crew or the ensemble. And then they rock it. They're yeah. amazing. Yeah. So our lead last year, he was like, I just think I'm going to do crew. And so we have the first time when we roll out everything with a play, we have everybody come and we just do some group singing and we'll walk around and kind of listen. And I listen to see and I watch who's kind of enthusiastic. Yeah. But you wouldn't think they would be. Right. And so those are the kids I always go up to and say, you know, I know you were thinking about doing crew. Just come to a couple auditions. Let's, let's just see how that goes for yeah. you. And two of our, actually our lead lead, Joseph, because he was our lead, that was him. And then one of the brothers was the same way. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So it's it's really neat to see that. So you're open to, like, when they come to you, you they may not know what the outcome is going to be. And you also don't know. So you're just being open to, so you said that you're watching them. Like and they're into it. Like, what do you what do you see when a kid's just like at the first rehearsal and they're into it? What are you looking for? So, are they you know smiling or are they are they singing? Yeah. Open in their <laughs> mouth. I mean, oh, that's part of it. And some of them will start to actually move a little bit. And oh, so then it's like okay, because you like, have to be able to move and sing at the yeah, same time. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to be in musical theater, it's kind yeah. of a thing. So, um, yeah. So if they seem like they're just enjoying the whole process. Um, yeah then I know that they, they have a possibility. That's awesome. H how do you relate that to back into the classroom and watching students and looking for engagement or how do you tie that in? Totally the same thing for me. Um, and one reason why a few years ago I really, really pushed hard to try to make the seating in my classroom flexible was because mm -hmm. I was kind of that kid that didn't want to sit still either and I, you know, and. I learned differently when I was comfortable. Mm. And so when you start seeing kids that are, you know, they can't sit in the seat or they want to stand up and you, when you let them, then all of a sudden their product comes out. And so that's one element is just making sure they're in a comfortable and safe learning environment. And then the other, just today, we were sneaking a little math on how to do percents, but we talked about how we're smart in many different ways. And then how are you smart? You know, are you art smart? Or are you math smart? Do you think you're 40% art smart and 10% <laughs> math smart? And created a graph out of it and had discussions. And, you know, and some kids struggle with that. And I'll go over and I'll go, gosh, but, you know, I really loved what you wrote that first day. So maybe writing is your thing. Do you think writing's your thing? Mm. So, I don't know. You just have to talk and see what they have to say. And yeah. 
clearly I have no issues with talking to people. <laughs> so that's the great. That's a great tool to engage uh, people. And and sometimes I think, I mean, it's like you're treating them like they're adults, right? You're you're yeah. getting them to think about their their process or their feelings in the midst of like this cognitive or art artistic process. So that's that's really really cool. Um, Anything you want to add? Just, you know, I think, like, because I teach upper grade kids, this is the time where they start thinking, I'm not good at art. Mm. I'm not good at math. You know, and so anything we can do to make them see differently, I'm yeah. all about that. Kind of know? shift their perspectives and kind of, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and help them hold on to something that's going to be meaningful, you know, for that year or possibly a lot longer. Right. Yeah. And that's one reason why I really love the play and the variety show is that, you know, if they don't get up on a stage in elementary school, they probably are not going to all of a sudden decide as a freshman in high school, hey, I'm going to go mm. get on the stage. Yeah. So it's really neat because then when I'll, I'll go and see plays from the high schools and I'll look in the program and there's kids from Golden Hill all over the place, backstage, front of That's stage. Awesome. Yeah, it's That's really, really neat. That's really cool. Um, one of the, uh, the questions I asked people was if they had to sum you up in one word. Um, so I'm just going to call Matthew out for cheating because he said multifaceted. I was like, that's slick. <laughs> multifaceted in one word. Uh, but do you, what, what do you take his answer to mean? Well, I think, I, th I think, um, he means that, I, you know, I, I like doing a lot of different things and, okay. and nothing really stops me from thinking I can't do something. Mm. Um, so even like directing the play, honestly, like there, I didn't really have that much experience walking into doing it, but mm. nobody else was really stepping up and I'm like, hey, I like plays <laughs> and I like music <laughs> and I know how to like organize people and yeah. deal with kids, so let's I can go. do this, yeah. let's do it. You know, let's, it's kind of like, let's put on a play yeah. and we do. So I think that's, that's part of it and that's, um, yeah, I think that's... That's interesting. Know. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to throw out another um, another word. So uh, Alex said brilliant. So I don't know what that means precisely, but to you, if your daughter says you're brilliant, how do you interpret that? Wow. Um, I think it kind of relates back to that, too, is that um, I just... I'm willing to try things, but to try things, sometimes you have to learn a little bit before you're, <laughs> you know, before you can do it. So I love learning. I've always joked, like, if I won the lottery, I would go back and get more and more degrees. I would be that person <laughs> that goes to college because I just love that opportunity. That's so cool. I think that might be part of it because both, luckily I don't do that to them, but both my kids who are in college, like they'll tell me about the classes they're taking. I'm like, I wanna go sit in on that class. <laughs> Not because I wanna see what you're doing, but that sounds, that sounds fascinating, yeah. That's great, and what a great, I mean, like posture as a teacher, because then the whole road in front of you, I mean, every year if you teach the same grade, but then you have like, well, there's so much more we can learn. Um, and I'm sure your students sense the the depth that you want to go with them. I hope so. I think so. And I think like that is true. Like every year it's something a little bit different and because that would be boring if it wasn't, right? And that's one reason why I've changed grade levels is once I start to feel like, 
Like I loved teaching fourth grade, but I knew it was time to look at a different grade level when, when I went to Mission San Juan Capistrano and I was like, Oh, you know, yeah. it was like it was yeah. it was good, but yeah, it wasn't the thrill that it had yeah. been. So it's time That's to change it up. It's interesting, especially talking about risk taking, innovation, something new. So you have kind of this internal sense of like, I think I need to to move. It's interesting. It's probably, I mean, I'm sure it's different for everybody. Um, but do you want to talk about that a little bit? Like, how do you know? Like you talked about shifting grade levels, but. How do you know, like, what does it feel like to you uh, when you're teaching and you're like, you know what, this needs something new? I think, like, when I start realizing that it feels stagnant to me um, and that I'm not passionate about it, that it's time mm. for me to either switch it up, you know, completely or look for ways to make it different. Or one of the things that I, and I love, again, teaching, like, older kids and having iPads is that by the time like by December and they've got all the patterns and all of our routines down and they start exploring more and showing me things. Mm. It's like, oh, let's try this then. That's a great idea. Let's apply it over here. Mm. Um, because part of it too is, it may, it, this is kind of a bird walk, but it makes me sad that a lot of kids walk in and like they would rather like put a pencil in their eye than talk about history or do anything like that. But for most of them, it's been like, memorize the states and capitals or you know mm. things what year did this happen but yeah. that that is boring that i mean and that's what it, google is for at this point so <laughs> right. you know looking for ways to make it different for them and that entertain entertains me that so hammurabi's law we do a people's court spin on it mm. And so they think it's hysterical to be you know I show them a little clip of judge judy and how they can be and yeah. you know then it's a little bit more relevant yeah. for them. So. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. It's overlaying that flair for the dramatic, that theater, right. on top of the, the content. I don't think you can be in my classroom and not walk out, like a little bit of <laughs> having the flair for the dramatic yeah. by the time you're done. One of the quotes, um, I asked Laura Lynn, can you sum up, Amy, in um, one word? And she said, sure. And then she gave me like eight words. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the last ones was a phrase. She said, she's a real theater person, you know. And then she said, you're helpful with the arts, team player, positive, supportive, enthusiastic. Um, so pick one of those and just talk about why that resonates with you. Enthusiastic, supportive, positive, team player, helpful with the arts, a wow. real theater person. <laughs> They're all wonderful. I don't know which one to... I was like, Laura Lynn, pick one. Pick one. I know. <laughs> she was so nice. I, I, I didn't even go there. I was like, I'll take them all. <laughs> um, hmm. I like enthusiastic and I like positive. So I'm trying to... Hmm. I like all of them. But, you know, I think, I think that's the best way to be is positive. Like if you go into it with a mindset of I can't or... Or even like today, I was tired. Mm. <laughs> it was Friday. Last night was back to school night, you know. And so I could walk in and just be like, yeah. or, um, you know, the more bling I have on, it means the more tired I probably am. So, like, let's do it. <laughs> Put on a gold chain, blingy shirt. And then I walk, I walk in, I'm ready to go. <laughs> that and Starbucks. Yeah. That's a... That's a, a way to read your mood. <laughs> the more bling you have on, <laughs> you you're know, trying like to pep it up. <laughs> like, I'm psyching great. myself into it. Yeah. So. 
Well, that's about the time that we have. I was wondering if there's anybody, uh, anybody who's thinking about trying something new. Let's say they're at their school and like nobody's directing a play or um, there's iPads and they're just sitting there and nobody's using them. Like, what would you say to a teacher who's um, looking at that risk? Uh, jump in, both feet. <laughs> you have to, you know, it's sad to me when people don't want to try something. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to fail, you know, and I think I've been that way since I was a child. Like, mm -hmm. I'm that person that I'm just going to go for it. Um, and I'm not going to make a big deal about it. And if it works out, that's fantastic. And if I fail, then I'm going to look and see, like, how can I tweak this to make it better? Um, and the other thing is, is there's so many people available to ask for mm -hmm. help. And I think that's hard. And, and I think sometimes, you know, in, in the situations where we work, sometimes we get so involved in being maybe a little bit competitive or mm -hmm. just like kind of in our own world that you fail to realize like you, you're working with a field of experts. Everybody's good at something and everybody knows a little bit about something that might help you. Yeah. So, you know, that's where, with the play, I'm like not a great dancer, but I know people that can choreograph a play like crazy. So that's awesome. They're on my team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's yeah. what I think. Just yeah. try and find the support people. That's great. Find try your people and find the support people. That's great. Well, that's going to do it for this time. Thank you so much. Thank you. And see you next time, people. This has been the Teacher Interview Podcast. Thank you for joining us.